the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. Today, the title of this sermon on this Easter Sunday is, What Does Easter Prove? What does Easter prove? As we all know, today is Easter and we have gathered in this sacred space to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It was on February 27th, 1991, at the height of Desert Storm, that Ruth Dillow received a very sad message from the Pentagon. It stated that her son, Private First Class Clayton Carpenter, had stepped on a mine in Kuwait and was killed. Ruth Dillow later wrote, I can't begin to describe my grief and shock. It was almost more than I could bear. For three days I wept. For three days I expressed anger and loss. For three days people tried to comfort me to no avail because the loss was so great. But three days after she received that message, the telephone rang. The voice on the other end said, Mom, it's me. I'm alive. Ruth Diller said, I couldn't believe it at first. But then I recognized his voice, and he really was alive. You see, the message from the Pentagon was a mistake. And she said, I laughed, I cried, I felt like turning cartwheels because my son, whom I thought was dead, was really alive. The disciples and friends of Jesus would have understood how Ruth Diller felt because they experienced the same emotions themselves. One day they watched their best friend and teacher being nailed to a cross. They witnessed his pain as he cried out from the cross, I thirst. Or, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? They listened as finally he bowed his head and said, It is finished. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. They watched as his body was taken down from the cross and buried. All their hopes and dreams were buried with him. Friday and all day Saturday, they mourned 
until finally on the first day of the week, early in the morning, before the sun arose. The scripture says that some women, close friends of Jesus, made their way along the path that led to the tomb, wondering who would roll away the stone so that they could anoint his body. But when they arrived, they found that the stone had already been rolled away by an angel. And so in Matthew chapter 28, uh, 5 through 7, we read, The angel said to the women, Don't be afraid. I know you are looking for Jesus who was nailed to a cross. He isn't here. God has raised him to life, just as Jesus said he would. Come, see the place where his body was lying. Now hurry, tell his disciples he has been raised to life and is on his way to Galilee. Go there and you will see him. This is what I came to tell you. Jesus is risen. That is what we are doing today, not only here in Boston, but across the world. We are more than two billion Christians will gather in large cathedrals and in, in um, storefronts and in huts celebrating the resurrection of their Lord Jesus Christ. All of the public opinion polls some years ago, Gallup, Roper, and Harris said that 90% of Americans believe that the resurrection actually happened. And so the question is, so what? What difference does it make that Jesus is alive? What are the implications for your life and my life? How can something that happened 2,000 plus years ago have any possible bearing on our life today? There are two very important truths about Easter I want to share with you today. If you understand these truths and make them a part of your life, your worry and frustration level will greatly decrease and your ability to handle the problems and difficulties in your life will increase dramatically. So what are these truths? The first truth is that Easter proves that God is in control. That God is in control. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 1, we make our plans, but God has the last word. See, the religious leaders of Jesus' day said, let's get rid of Jesus. He's a big bother. We can silence him by killing him. It's simple. We'll get him killed, and that will be the end. But what they didn't realize is that they were fitting into God's plan. Listen to, listen to Jesus as he um, tells his disciples in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 21. It says, from that time on, Jesus began to say plainly to his disciples, I must go to Jerusalem and suffer much from the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. I'll be put to death, but three days later, I will be raised to life. 
So while his enemies thought they had a perfect plan, God was really in control. See, we may make our plans, but God has the final word. I don't know how many of you realize that most of your life is beyond your control. See, all of the major things of your life, you had no control over them all. You didn't choose when you were born. You didn't choose where you were born. You didn't choose your parents. You didn't choose your race. You didn't choose the natural talents and abilities that God gave you. You had nothing at all to do with those things. They were beyond your control. You see, you can control your reaction to things, but you can't control the events that happen to you. For instance, you can't change the past, no matter how hard you try. You can't predict the future, no matter how hard you try. You can't raise your height by two inches, no matter how hard you try, in spite of the, the platform shoes and the high heels. You cannot keep your parents or your loved ones from dying. So many of the things that really matter in life are beyond our control. And because so much of your life you can't manage, you can't control, that causes stress. This is stress is caused primarily by trying to control the uncontrollable by trying to manage the unmanageable, by trying to make people do and see things your way. And when you are stressed, you start worrying. So while you cannot control so much of your life and the things that happen to you, you can control your response to those things. On the other hand, God is in complete control. There is nothing that God cannot control because he made everything. He has absolute power. He can do anything that he wants. But the question is, how does that help me? How is that a comfort to me that God is in control? How does that reduce my stress? You see, God says in the scriptures that he wants to help us Manage the things that are unmanageable in our life if we will but trust him. He says that he will help us control and deal with the issues that are out of our control. And he will give us the power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead to help us to live lives as he intends us to live it. Listen to the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 1 verses 19 and 20. I pray that you will begin to understand the incredible greatness of his power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that cried from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand. Notice that power is available to those who know Jesus Christ. It's available to help us who believe that Jesus Christ 
died for our sins and rose again on the third day. We have come to this point in our life when sometimes we say, I've been trying to make this thing work or this relationship work, but it's not. And I turn it over to you, God. God, my finances are in a mess. Help me with them. Oh God, my my children are out of control. My family is torn apart, falling apart. I need you. He said, whatever you need God to help you with, you must trust him with it. So how do you know when you are trusting God to help you with a problem? How do you know when you are really believing that God is going to help you? Simple. You stop worrying. It's a worry. It's a warning light. It's like a bright red flashing light which says, I'm trying to be God. You see, every time I try to be God and try to figure everything out on my own, I start worrying, and so do all of us. On the other hand, when I start trusting God, I stop having to try so hard. When I start praying, I stop panicking. When I start worshiping, I stop worrying. See, God says, I want to help you, but you've got to give your problems to me. God says in Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. You see, God has the power, and he is in control. So let's make it a little bit more personal. What, what is out of control in your life today? What is it that you say, no matter how hard I try, is not getting any better? I want my career to go in a certain direction, but it's not going that way. There are habits in my life that I want to break, and I just can't break them. There are good habits I want to develop, but I don't seem to have the willpower to do what I need to do. You see, God is the one who has all the resources. He says, I will help you. I will be with you. I will strengthen you. I will give you power if you trust me. So whatever seems out of control, whatever seems uh, unimaginable, whatever seems to worry you the most, give it to God. While you may not be able to manage the things that are bothering you, God can. And so he says, give your troubles, give your trials, give your problems to me, and I will help you. Because God is in control. And the resurrection is proof that God is in control. But the second point is that Easter proves that God keeps his promises. Easter proves that God keeps his promises. For thousands of years, back in the Old Testament, before Jesus came to earth, died on the cross, rose from the grave, and went back to heaven, 
God promised that a Messiah or deliverer would come in human form to die for our sins and teach us how to live. So when Jesus did come, he made many promises. The most famous one being, I'm going to let these people kill me. And three days later, I will rise from the dead and prove that I am whom I claim to be. The Bible says in Numbers chapter 23 and verse, verse 19, God is no mere human. He doesn't tell lies or change his mind. God always keeps his promises. That is from the contemporary English version, but from the New International Version it says, God is not a man that he should lie. He is not a human that he should change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? You see, there are over 7,000 promises in the Bible for, for you and me. They are like gift certificates waiting for us to cash, waiting for us to use. This is like an insurance policy. If you have a policy and you know what is covered in that policy, then you don't have to worry when your house catches on fire because you know that the policy will cover it. But if you don't know what is covered in your insurance policy, then you are going to start worrying. And the reason why so many people worry today is that they don't know what's covered in the policy. This is all here in the Bible, 7,000 of them. They are waiting for us to claim. And if we don't know them, how can we claim them? See, we could spend a lot of time looking at all of these promises, but time will only allow us to look at just one of them. It has to do with your life and my life here and now. The problems that we are facing during the course of our life. You see, God is interested in the things that you worried about while you were on your way to church this morning. So Jesus said in Matthew uh, chapter uh, 11, 28 through 30, Come to me, all of you who are tired and have heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Accept my teachings and learn from me, because I am gentle and humble in spirit, and you will find rest for your lives. The burden that I ask you to accept is easy. The load I give you to carry is light. I don't know of a more needed promise uh, today. See, most people aren't really living. They are just existing. They are living in what could be called survival mode. They are not concerned about the great purpose of their lives. They're only thinking about uh, tomorrow and the next day. And they are missing out on what life is all about. Have you ever thought of the fact that you were not put on this earth simply to get up in the morning, go to work, 
come home, watch television, go to bed, retire, and then die. There's something more to your life than that. See, God put you here for a purpose. He had a reason in creating you. He knows you, and he wants you to know him and his plan for your life. Jesus says, if you're tired, if you are carrying heavy burdens, I want to give you rest. Perhaps you are one of those persons living in a survival mode. The reason you are under so much stress is because you are trying to be God. In other words, you won't let God be God in your life. Every time you try to take things into your own hands to figure out all the problems yourself, God is saying to you, I never intended for you to live your life just on your own power. No wonder you're tired all the time. I want to help you and have an ongoing relationship with you. I'll give you strength to make it through the rough times that you go through every day. You see, regardless of the situation, regardless of the crisis you are in right now, regardless of the problems that you are facing, Jesus Christ has promised to help you if you will turn your life over to him as well as your problems. He can help you because he has resources that you don't have. Since he is in control and he is God, there is no problem that you are facing that God cannot solve. If you are carrying a heavy load of worry and stress, you are carrying a load that is unnecessary because God has promised to carry it for you. Since God always keeps his promises and since God is in control, what should be our response to this? How should we react to it? God wants us to do two things. One, he wants us to get to know him. And two, he wants us to trust him. You see, you can't trust until you first get to know God. You don't trust people you don't know. It's in order to trust God more, you've got to learn to know him more. In fact, if you say to me, I have a hard time trusting God, it's hard for me to trust God. That just means one thing, you don't really know him. Because if you knew God, you would know that he is worthy of your trust. This Easter, why don't you take the first step if you have not yet taken it and say, God, I want to know you. I don't want to just know about you. I want to understand all that you've done for me on Calvary's cross. I want to know more about the forgiveness of sins and the promise of eternal life, which is is ours. Or when you do this, it will change your life. A young man from a wealthy family was about to graduate from high school. It was a custom in that affluent neighborhood for the parents to give their graduates a car. Bill and his father had spent months looking at cars, and the week before graduation, they found the perfect car. 
On the eve of his graduation, his father handed him a gift-wrapped Bible. Bill was so angry and disappointed that he threw the Bible down and stormed out of the house. He and his father never saw each other again. It was the news of his father's passing that brought Bill home again. As he sat one night going through his father's possessions that he was to inherit, he came across the Bible his father had given him. He brushed it off and opened it to find a cashier's check dated the day of his graduation in the exact amount for the car that they had chosen together. You know, I wonder how many people here this morning have done the same thing to God. Literally tossing aside a wonderful promise because you didn't understand it or you didn't believe that it was possible. For 2,000 plus years, Jesus has been offering us full and abundant life. He wants to help us understand the reason he has put us here on this planet. He wants to make good his promise to us. He wants to give us power to make it through each day and overcome the problems that are messing our lives up. He wants to give us peace of mind instead of worry and stress and anxiety that we feel so often. He wants to give us security and strength. He wants to forgive every sin that you have ever committed. It will do us no good until we accept it. I think it was 62 years ago that I made the decision to accept Christ as my Savior. He changed my life, and I have not been the same since. I could not have imagined the transformation and the opportunities that I would have after I trusted Christ with my life and said, Lord, take my life and let it be consecrated all to you. And I chose one promise in the scriptures. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other things will be provided for you. And the wonderful thing, which maybe some of you won't be able to believe, that I spent 13 years on that promise, studying continuously, and never owed a penny when I graduated in 1972 with a PhD degree. See, God is a faithful God. I've learned that apart from Christ, life has no purpose. Christians have no answers. Problems have no solution. Labor has no reward. Minds have no peace. Hearts have no joy. Loneliness has no comfort. Frustrations have no limit. Possessions have no worth. Sorrow has no end. And the future has no hope. I wish all of us here today could say with the hymn writer, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. You see, on Christ, 
the rose of Sharon that never fades. On Christ, the bright and morning star that never dims. On Christ, the sure foundation that never shakes. On Christ, the faithful friend that never forsakes. On Christ, the high priest that never fails. On Christ, the bread of heaven that never molds. On Christ, the eternal fountain that never ceases to flow. On Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617 617- Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org and tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.